Hello and welcome to Jade Talk Stuff. In this episode, I'd like to talk about clouds. Why clouds? Because no matter where you are in the world, no matter what country you're in, what race or religion you are, and irrespective of the wealth in your pocket, you can always look up and there, without judgment and at no cost, are clouds. Why does that even matter? Like sharks, clouds often have a bad rap. There's this automated bias that blue skies are better, that sunshine is more pleasant, that clouds make for a bad day. But it's clouds that cheat us on a hot day. It's clouds that dust a mountain in snow. It's clouds that create cooling summer storms. And it's clouds that allow water to fall as rain. Without clouds, sunsets would be mediocre at best. Without beautiful sunsets, there'd be no romantic dinners, fewer marriage proposals, and less art, poetry, or songs. Simply, without clouds, there's no rain, which affects our freshwater supplies, and much of Earth's living organisms will eventually perish. They literally are the lifeblood of the entire planet. There is little life on Earth that isn't somehow touched by clouds. But it's not just the practical side. Clouds are beautiful. I'm not just talking about fluffy animal shapes like rabbits or bears. Depending upon the angle that sunlight hits a cloud and how condensed they are, varies the colours we see. A cloud can go from pure white to soft grey to icy blue to sea green. Just the other day, I saw a rainbow within a cloud. I've seen black storm clouds splashed with candy floss pink and sherbet orange caused by a sunset falling onto storm clouds. And all of this contrasted against blue skies. Don't forget, clouds can also appear at night. Now, astronomers will argue against the beauty of this because, of course, you can't see any stars or planets if clouds are around. But there's been a couple of times I can recall where in the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney, there was a clear sky, apart from a few small cumulus clouds. But there was lightning fully contained within So this cloud was lit up from within, and it was both scary and awe-inspiring. Scary because it absolutely resembled something from an end-of-world movie, where you expect an alien ship to come out. Awe-inspiring because I'd never seen anything like it, ever. How often can you say you've seen something for the first time? As a photographer, I regularly photograph cloud types, and in particular... I love photographing storm clouds. Now, most photographers in any inclement weather would be packing up their gear at the first hint of rain. But blue skies and sunshine is boring. You always end up with the same photo. When you consider that photography is essentially capturing light reflected off objects, and clouds are made up of millions of tiny water molecules, and each molecule is able to refract light, It makes perfect sense that these wonderful creations of nature would alter how your camera captures light. I remember being in Hong Kong, and it was in the middle of a torrential downpour, and I was standing in the middle of the road wearing my blue Gore-Tex rain jacket, 
My camera was inside its own raincoat, which has a clear plastic panel, so I can still see through the lens. And as a tram was coming towards me, I took a photo. The reflections of traffic lights, neon lights and street lights off the wet road created this magical smear of colour across the entire frame. And if I took that same photo on a blue sky day, it wouldn't have had the same impact. There would have been more shadows and a traffic light would have just been a single blob of light. There's one photograph taken from my balcony of what appears to be a nimbo stratus cloud and the contrast of green eucalyptus leaves against the steel blue grey of the storm cloud really stands out. But I also took a time-lapse video and in that the clouds roll like ocean waves. It really is magical and otherworldly. In the last 10 years since I've really started to pay attention to clouds, there's a few clouds that stand out that I can still remember. Like when I was living in Wellington, New Zealand, it was common to see a long white cloud form over the Rimutaka's mountain range. You often hear New Zealand referred to as the land of the long white cloud. Well, it really is. Different clouds form over different types of terrain, as well as at different heights and in different humidity. Over volcanoes and mountains, you can often see lenticular clouds, which are rounded, lens-shaped clouds. Technically, there are 10 main cloud types, based on the height it forms and its size. But beyond this, there are dozens more varieties and features that will then morph a cloud into another type. And it doesn't take long to realise that clouds don't stay their shape for long. But even though they're easily categorised, if you were to photograph clouds, you'd notice that practically every cloud is unique. You might have similar shapes, but clouds are constantly moving, always changing. And even if you had two photographers standing next to each other, chances are no two cloud photographs will ever be identical. It's not just shapes. Being able to identify cloud types can help determine the weather. For example, cumulonimbus clouds rise up like towers. These clouds are synonymous with storms, especially monsoon-type rain. As I record this podcast, there's a long sausage-shaped cloud that is passing by my window. Also, don't forget that fog and mist are cloud types, and these are definitely one of my favourites. In the Blue Mountains, we occasionally get fog or mist, and whilst the mountains are renowned for its spectacular valley views similar to the Grand Canyon, except filled with trees, it's an incredible sight to see those same valleys filled with thick fog. It's called fog when visibility is low, like only a few metres, whereas mist is when you have visibility of a few hundred metres or more. Once, at a lookout called Pulpit Rock in Blackheath, I very nearly stepped off a clifftop because I was walking along a track and I thought there was a step down, but the fog was so thick you couldn't see anything in front of you. Luckily, I hesitated because minutes later there was a brief clearing and the drop was easily at least 100 metres or 300 feet to the valley floor. There's a man-made lake in Wentworth Falls surrounded by eucalyptus trees and sections of the land jut out and in thick fog they resemble islands and you can easily imagine floating up in a canoe to find an uncontacted tribe or remnants of an ancient civilization much like Percy Fawcett did in his Amazon exploration. As mentioned, clouds reflect some of the heat from the sun back into space, 
but they also keep us warmer at night by reflecting daytime warmth back down. So this negative sentiment towards clouds is summed up perfectly in a recent tweet, ironically, by the Met Service, which is the Bureau of Meteorology equivalent in New Zealand, which read, Here's a satellite view of New Zealand this afternoon. As you can see, quite a lot of cloud over the country, but a stunning day down south. My initial reaction was, wow, someone at the Met really hates clouds. So I began to look deeper because I couldn't understand if clouds are so important to life on Earth, why are we so against them? I think simply, most people don't see the beauty in them. They just see them as white blobs of nothing. They don't think about where a cloud has come from, how it's formed or where it's going. The amazing thing about clouds is they might start out as a low travelling cumulus cloud, but they can easily morph into a totally different cloud. They're like cloud shapeshifters. How many creatures or things on earth do you know that can do that? I know a cloud technically isn't a living being, but when something grows out of nothing, morphs into something else, disperses snow, hail and rain, and can block out the power of the sun, wouldn't you agree that this object should be given a higher stance than being mumbled about as, ugh, bad start of a day, there's clouds. The main cloud types you'll see include white, fluffy, cumulus clouds. These are the most common and resemble balls of cotton wool, and they form low to the ground like you could feel like you could touch them. Stratus clouds are also low forming and resemble more of a blanket across the sky, completely covering it. The next group of clouds are signified by the prefix alto. And these are the mid-level clouds. So they form higher than a cumulus cloud, but lower than a cirrus cloud. So it's pretty simple. You have alto stratus and alto cumulus, which like their low height siblings are very similar, just formed at a higher altitude. At the very top, you have the prefix cirro, so cirrostratus, cirrocumulus, but there's also now another one, cirrus clouds, which are high wispy clouds and can resemble feathers. One of the most spectacular cloud types is cumulonimbus, which towers through all levels and is usually associated with a sudden torrential downpour. The main categories of clouds all stem from Latin and simply describe the shape. Cumulus means heap, stratus means layer, and cirrus means lock of hair, and nimbus means rain. There's also unique cloud features like mamatu, which are bulbous sacs that hang low from a cumulonimbus cloud and are synonymous with crazy weather. I've seen these only twice. In the Gulf of Carpentaria, you have the morning glory cloud, which is a long rolling sausage-shaped cloud that can stretch hundreds of kilometres. They form usually in September or October, and few other places on Earth produce these cloud types as regularly and spectacularly as the Gulf of Carpentaria. So in order to appreciate clouds, it's really easy. Just look up. That's it. The more you notice, the more you'll see the differences between clouds. Then, if you're lucky, you'll see a unique formation or cloud type. It's a good idea to photograph clouds so you can build a collection. And I recommend buying the Cloud Spotter's Guide or signing up to the Cloud Appreciation Society. The Cloud Spotter's Guide offers a down-to-earth description about how to recognise different cloud types and also where you can expect to see them. Here's a fun fact. Clouds are not just found on Earth. There's clouds in space and clouds on other planets. 
But what's interesting is clouds on other planets aren't always water vapour. For example, on Saturn, they're made from ammonia. And Jupiter has clouds made from methane and ethane. And 10,000 light years from Earth, there is a cloud formed entirely from alcohol. If humans were to consume it, it's so large, every human would have to drink 300,000 pints a day for 1 billion years. That's huge. I've written a blog post on my website which has some incredible cloud photos, all taken by me. And if you buy the Cloud Spotters Guide, click on the book depository link on my website, which doesn't cost you any extra, but it provides a small commission back to me to help keep my website running, including this podcast. If you really want to show the love, then head to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash Jade Jackson. And here you can gain access to exclusive content like ad-free blog posts, digital downloads of my photographs, and also recordings of my poetry and short stories. That's patreon.com forward slash Jade Jackson. Thank you so much for listening to Jade Talk Stuff. If you love travel, then check out my podcast, Travelosophy. If you have comments, you can tweet me at Jadikins Jackson. If you want other travel articles or podcast episodes, you can find them on my website, jadejackson.com.au. Thanks again for listening to Jade Talk Stuff. Bye-bye now.